Welcome to the PKN Podcast, where we give you the wrap on all things packaging. Welcome to the PKN Packaging News Podcast. My name's Grant McCarran, and as ever, I'm joined by Lindy Hewson, Managing Editor and Publisher of PKN Packaging News, and of course, the host of this show. G'day, Lindy. Can you please tell us about our topic and our guest for this episode? Well, hi, Grant. Today, we're going to be talking about something that's been super topical all year long, and that is recycling, specifically soft plastics recycling. Now, last week, we had National Recycling Week, which was the 25th year of this very important campaign begun and supported by Planet Arc. And it was a week in which brands big and small made known to the public some of the steps that they've been taking to ramp up the recyclability of their packaging and in some cases, the inclusion of recycled content in that packaging. Now, one area of recycling that we've covered and written about a great deal in PKN in the last year is flexible or soft plastics, with a focus on the return to store collection concept, which was initiated by RedCycle. And just last week, we announced the merger between the soft plastics collection business RedCycle and the advanced recycling pioneer IQ Renew. The merger is set to expand recovery of flexible packaging materials and, importantly, create new markets for those soft plastics. Now, here to tell us about the merger and the RedCycle business, which she founded 10 years ago, is the CEO of RedCycle, Liz Cassell. Welcome to the PKN Podcast, Liz. Thank you so much, Lindy. I am delighted to be participating today. Thank you. Well, it has been a big couple of weeks for you, Liz. Before we talk about the merger, I'd like you to take us back 10 years and tell us how Red Cycle came about. Tell us the why and the how of it. I'd love to. Um, Red Cycle started actually as a question. I was uh, an average working mom with a primary school student, and I was curious uh, why Are my rigid plastics like bottles and ice cream containers recycled at curbside? And my bread bags and frozen vegetable packets are not. I just wanted to know. I had no uh, actually experience in the recycling industry. Um, I came from a completely different field. I was just concerned. I wanted to understand, well, what is there anything that we can do to answer this question? Um, I was concerned about what landfill might look like in Australia when my six-year-old son was my age. And I just, as I said, it was just really about trying to understand um, if there was anything that an average householder could do to make a difference. And that's really how Red Cycle started. So what were the first steps you took to make a go of it? Uh, The first steps I took were really to um, understand, as I said, why soft plastics could not be recovered through curbside. Because in my mind, plastic was plastic, whether it was in the form of a bottle or a frozen vegetable packet. And so it was really about learning more about what was available in terms of the recycling technology in Australia, understanding MRFs or material recovery facilities, and what their limitations were. Um, And then I realized that there might be an opportunity to recover this material outside of the curbside system if it wasn't capable 
of recovering the material and recycling it. And so then it led me down a journey of trying to find organizations in Australia, manufacturers utilizing recycled content um, for their end products. And I was very, very fortunate um, to meet the team at Replus here in Melbourne, who were already had been running for about 17 years at that stage, making a range of outdoor furniture containing 98% post-commercial plastic scrap. So they were capable of utilizing soft plastic. However, they had never actually trialed or even considered what we call the post-consumer mix of material, which is all of those things I just mentioned that you would generate in your household. And that's where the journey really began. So you came up with this concept of um, returning soft plastics to store. And um, for that purpose, you needed to um, talk to the retailers, Coles and, and Woolworths notably. How crucial were your retail partners to the liftoff of Red Cycle? Hugely important. I should actually just back up one step, Lindy, and say that Red Cycle actually started as a school program, um, a primary school collection program called the Red Project. And it, we got our initial start with some funding from Sustainability Victoria. So I would like to call them out. What was interesting, Lindy, is we set up uh, Red Cycle inviting students to bring in their soft plastics into their primary school, where we would recover them from there. And then they would get a credit for every kilo they collected, which would then be used to buy back a uh, a replast bench made from the material that they collected to go on their school playground. Now, we had anticipated one plastic drive per year per school, and that's what was funded through the SV program. Little did we know that we were tapping into something that was hugely important to a lot of other people besides me. And all of a sudden, parents and students were coming to schools with trailer loads full of soft plastics. And one year, pick up once a year was completely and totally inadequate. It became once a month, once a week. And I thought, oh, hang on. Let's just stop here for a second. This is obviously hugely important to Victorian primary schools. So it must mean that it's very important to Australians to find a better outcome for their soft plastics. Let's start auditing this material. We audited the material, Lindy, and we found that over 90% was generated from a supermarket. So that's when we realized that we needed to be talking to the generators of this material, the supermarkets. This was before product stewardship was even a, a concept that people were talking about. This was before circular economy, all these things. But it just made total sense that the material should actually be going back to the source and the generators of the material should take some responsibility to see it successfully recycled at the end of life. So you sat down with um, notoriously good negotiators, <laughs> the big supermarkets, <laughs> yes. and um, you took your chances there. But it, it seems that your, your negotiation skills won the day and Coles and then latterly Woolworths picked it up. Yes, that's right. And I do need to say Coles... Um, it was interesting because I was still sitting at my kitchen table starting this program, pulling this together. I went to see Coles and um, they were they embraced this concept from the very beginning. Um, they had no issue with me. The fact that I was just a tiny little entity sitting at my kitchen table, they were incredibly supportive from day one. So Red Cycle officially launched in 100 Metro Melbourne Coles stores as a trial in 2011, which we're very excited. It was 10 years ago. 
Um, so we're having our 10th anniversary this year, which is another really exciting um, little bit of news. Yeah, that is a, it's a huge milestone. And in fact, you've also achieved a collection milestone because I read um, that you have now got up to the level of 3 million pieces per day. I'm not sure how you count per piece, but in probably a, a, an average estimate being returned to store. But now to scale to the next level, to get this feedstock potentially used in advanced recycling technology, you have needed to partner with IQ Renew. So tell us about the merger, how it came about and why you thought it was necessary. This was really, really important because as the engagement and Red Cycle grew, we are now um, in every Coles and Woolworths across the country. We've got over 1,900 collection points. And as you said, Australians are returning um, around 3 million pieces of packaging through soft plastic packaging through the network every single day. And what we're trying to do is um, successfully transition to material circularity. And what that means is as we see this incredible growth happening um, and Australians just so engaged and wanting to see a better outcome for their packaging, we must ensure that there's that capacity all the way through the value chain. It's not just about setting up more bins and collecting more plastic. We have to make sure that there's space at every single point in the value chain. And that means as the material flows through to processors, manufacturers, and then all the way through to end markets, that demand must be there. So in order to, I suppose, meet this demand and really accelerate this back end of the value chain so that it met the front end so that we could actually fulfill the desires of communities to recycle their plastics, we needed to align ourselves with an organization that was really on the cutting edge of processing technology. And that organization is IQ Renew. Um, I've met Danny Gallagher, the CEO of IQ Renew, a couple of years ago. We've been sending them red cycle material for testing. Um, they are an early supporter of the Lysella Advanced Recycling Technology, but I should say that IQ Renew is also a supporter of many other technologies. And that's, I think, what was so important. We had a shared vision. We both agree wholeheartedly that the answer is a diversity of offtakes in Australia. There is no one offtake or technology that is going to solve this problem. We must actually adopt and embrace a number of different offtake opportunities in order to get anywhere near um, the 2025 targets. So I think it's really about leveraging the power of collaboration. So we've got the well-established network of collection points for RedCycle. We've got um, our amazing partnerships with brand owners, APCO, industry organizations, retailers. And it's about leveraging those partnerships and our network of collection points with this amazing technology and innovation that IQ Renew is um, really advancing in Australia. So, as I understood it yesterday, you and I both attended the collective impact um, study announcement, the report, um, and we're still we're we've got such a huge gap in plastics, particularly in soft plastics, um, to reach those 2025 targets. Now, um, I think we're sitting at about four percent recovery at the moment. Now, your efforts through the collection at store is ha has been phenomenal, and the results there. However, do you see curbside collection of soft plastics as an important part of the equation going forward? Absolutely. Again, I think 
not only does it need to be a diversity of offtakes to solve this problem, we need to give Australians more opportunities to recycle. And any recovery option that's successful, that can successfully deliver the material through the value chain, we are fully supportive of. Um, so absolutely, we, we support the Emerging Curb Cycle Program. Um, just as a complementary, I think a complementary recovery program, another way for Australians to recycle their soft plastics and participate. Um, I just, yeah, fully supportive of that idea and that concept. And um, I think that, yeah, the more opportunities for Australians to recycle, the better. So explain to me the structure of the merger. So um, words were used like you are an operational arm of IQ Renew. So what do you bring to the table? What's IQ Renew adding to the table? I think for listeners who may not be familiar as with, with both businesses, can you explain that? Yep, sure. So what it is, is we really are joining forces, as I said before, um, to leverage our key competencies. Um, we're, we're very different organizations. We sit in different parts of the value chain. Um, so I think what's important to say is there won't be any change to Red Cycle. Red Cycle will still operate as it is, um, we'll still be available. Um, we'll have our red cycle bins available to Australians to continue dropping off their plastics. Really, the major, major changes, which are so important, are happening, as I said before, at the at sort of further along the value chain in terms of creating really high quality feedstocks. And feedstocks is processed material that then will be going off to a number of different technologies, including advanced recycling and mechanical recycling. And that's where, um, this merger is so important. It's really, as I said, about accelerating and leveraging the key competencies of both organizations to um, deliver much better outcomes than what's being achieved in isolation. So um, I think it's important also to remind listeners who may have listened in earlier this year, we, we covered the KitKat recycled content wrapper, that uh, prototype innovation that IQ Renew was involved in Kirby collection system, um, all there was red cycle content. I understand it was a phenomenal effort overall. And it's that kind of higher level technology that you're looking to facilitate or enable through this merger, as I understand it too. Yes, that's absolutely right. That is what we all need to work towards. And what I loved about that particular project with the 30% recycled KitKat wrapper is it really demonstrated what's possible. We still have a long way to go in terms of making that a viable and commercial reality in Australia, but it did actually prove that it's possible. And I think um, as we've got, as we know, there's some great ambitious targets that APCO set out about recycled content packaging and plastic is way behind, especially soft plastic is so far behind some of the other materials. And that's what I love about this partnership, this collaboration with IQ Renew is that we are pulling together some of these key stakeholders to advance advance these technologies, really see what's possible and what do we need to do to get there to make them a reality. So we talk, you're talking about developing a circular system for soft plastics. But as you said, for this to happen, you, you're going to need a lot of stakeholders to, to buy in and come on the journey with you. So specifically, what are you looking for from, from industry and from retailers, the offtake partners and government, perhaps address each of those? Yes, I think look, the main issue that we're having, as I said, is really making sure that there is a robust and resilient pull through of this material all the way through the value chain. 
it's not enough to just say, let's set up more bins and recover more plastic. That is not the answer. We must ensure that there is adequate capacity for this material as it flows all the way through and that there is robust and resilient end market demand. Now, as we're moving towards a circular economy here in Australia, especially with the export bans happening, Red Cycle's very lucky we don't export our material and we never have. So we were already I suppose, well across, you know, what the challenges and opportunities were in terms of an Australian um, circular system. However, I think the most important part is the end. I love to say that the beginning is the end or the end is the beginning, because what that means is we absolutely can't even consider recovery without considering pull through into end market. So I would ask that all stakeholders, whether they're retail, FMCG brand owners, the average Australian consumer, government to be looking at recycled content, buying recycled, circular procurement, procurement mandates, everything we can do to drive and build this investment in end markets. And the great news is it will also build Australian manufacturing, it will create Australian jobs, and it means that we won't be dependent on export markets, which we won't be able to be anyway. So it's such a great outcome. There's been so much incredible work done by APCO and other organizations around creating these roadmaps. Now it's time to get on the road and drive. Um, So that's really what this merger is about. It's about walking this talk and delivering on some of this incredible work that's been laid out for us. We know what we need to do. Now we actually have to do it. And in my opinion, um, in our experience, the focus absolutely must be on end markets, building infrastructure and building demand for recycled content products. I couldn't agree with you more, Liz, and I I picked up on the word mandate there because um, that's kind of, it's a little gray area for some people who've said, oh, well, we've had this voluntary situation where industry has agreed voluntarily to do all these great things. But there is a a strong feeling now that we need incentives or even disincentives and some mandating to ensure that, that people spring into action just that bit faster. Do you agree? I agree. Agree. It needs to be more than an expectation at this stage, um, or it needs to be more just about we recommend or we encourage. I mean, those types of words are great, and certainly there's many, many stakeholders who have have already are embedded material circularity in their company culture, in their procurement. Coles is a great example. Uh, one of the things you may not be aware of is that when we do um, start to work with clients and set up a red cycle bin in any location, there isn't uh, actually a mandate that they must buy back some recycled content products. So um, what's interesting is both retailers, Coles and Woolworths, have embraced this and far exceeded any um, expectation that we had. And what's interesting, especially in the case of Coles, is knowing that they had to buy back as part of being uh, as part of um, partnering with RedCycle, they actually have now, as I said, they've really embedded sustainable procurement, circular procurement in their entire business and the range of recycled content products being utilized everywhere in Coles that contains red cycle soft plastics is just phenomenal. Um, and they don't even, it's become not even a sustainable choice or a circular choice. It's just what they do. And um, I think that's a really great example of a business, a large organization transitioning to circularity to a point where um, it's not even something extra that they're doing. They're just happy to consider recycled content products or recycled content option wherever possible. Well, a a big part of this as well, which we haven't touched on at all, is 
the Australasian recycling label, which has enabled brands now to jump on board and say, hey, we can now tell consumers what to do with our bread packaging or our flexible wrapper. Um, at the moment, that says return to store, perhaps in um, a different scenario that could say return to store or cycle recycle in curbside if we start to get that collection infrastructure going. That is ob obviously some time off, it seems to be anyway. So having the ARL has made a difference. It has made a huge difference. I cannot commend APCO and Anthony Payton at PrEP enough for their work in delivering the ARL. Consumers have a standardized, clear instruction They can make a really quick decision about the best outcome for their material. It is such um, a great tool for industry and consumers. And it's also made a huge difference in um, delivering a higher quality stream of material through into the red cycle bins, which means that we can actually create higher quality end products. Um, so I'm great supporter of the ARL and a real call out to APCO on their great work and Planet Arc, I should say as well. And Liz, where do you hope to see Red Cycle in another 10 years? Oh, wow. I'm so, look, I think um, the fact that we're here now, 10 years later, I would have never imagined in my wildest dreams that Australians would embrace this program. We, we feel so incredibly grateful every day that this is the job that we get to do. And I can only imagine Red Cycle and Australians joining together to just participate in greater ways. I think um, I'd love to invite all of our passionate, um, committed, dedicated red cyclers to join us now on this sort of end market journey and, and end opportunities. I just, I feel like that's really where we're headed um, is looking at amazing ways to utilize this material. One of the things I love about um, our partners at Replast, who have been our partners for 11 years now, is that their products that contain red cycle material everywhere across Australia. And I love to say that you would have walked on, sat on, backed into something from Replast without even realizing. And I would love for that to be the case for lots of other products and lots of other applications. I would really like material circularity to be um, a reality in this country. And that's what I could see in the next 10 years. So, and overall, would you say that that is your hope for the, the packaging industry going forward? It is my hope and it's actually my belief because from having um, the amazing brand partners that we do, I know how passionate they are. I know that we all want to work together to get there. So not only do I hope that will happen, I actually believe that will happen. Well, that's what we need to do. We need to believe. Well, Liz, you are an absolute inspiration. I cannot thank you enough just personally for making it possible for me to take my soft plastics back um, and for all the fantastic work that you have done for our packaging industry. It's an honor to have you. Oh, thank you so much, Lindy. And thank you for all the great work that you do as well. Really appreciate it. And thanks to everyone who has supported Red Cycle over the years. Well, thank you, Liz, and thanks, Lindy. And thanks, of course, to our audience for joining us once again for this episode. And don't forget, if you enjoyed what you heard today, you can follow this podcast in your favorite podcatcher to ensure you get every episode just as soon as they're released. Meanwhile, we'll be back in the not-too-distant future with another informative episode. But until then, have a great day. 
The PKN Podcast is produced by Southern Skies Media on behalf of PKN Packaging News, owned and published by Yaffa Media. The views of the people featured on this podcast do not necessarily represent those of PKN Packaging News, Yaffa Media, or the guest's employer. The contents are copyright by Yaffa Media. If you wish to use any of this podcast audio, please contact us via the website or send an email to editor at packagingnews.com.au. You can subscribe to this podcast via your preferred platform and read all the latest news on Australia's packaging industry at packagingnews.com.au. You've been listening to a Yappa Media Podcast. Southern Skies Media.